So at this point, I get to introduce Joanne, and um, I feel like, I mean, Joanne is just a amazing ball of fire, but it's not just fire, it's love fire, joy fire, and, um, but more than that, I feel like I've known you for so long, and we, like, maybe we met each other a year ago at Chuck's conference, but this time, we really got to know each other well at the Jesus Awakening, right, conference in April or something, Anyway, and I just, I'll just add, so this doesn't sound weird. Suzanne and I just totally fell in love with you. And, um, and so thank you um, that you would come and bless us and honor us. And you guys, this is fun but powerful at the same time. So open your hearts wide because she's the real deal. She's full of love. Joanne Moody. <laughs> love you. Oh, oh thanks. So good to see you. I love being in a house of love. Papa's love. So fun. Um, I want to just tell this story because it was so funny. Um, Are you awake? Are you good? We stopped sweating. Amen and hallelujah. I love it. All right. You know, um, earlier, and he's still here, he, she, I don't know, the gender of angels, but um, there, <laughs> yeah, thanks, God. There's an angel right here and has moved to the back, but that doesn't mean the angel's not doing something. I just want to tell you. So I asked the Lord what was happening. I got wrecked. I had to sit down, and I was just like, what? Because there, is an an, there was an angel up here, and um, while I'm teaching, I just feel like the Lord is going to heal you. Um, do you know there's nothing more important than the word of God? Hey. And so we're going to read the Word of God and learn the Word of God, but you're going to get healed while the Word of God is being preached because this angel was up here with this big, huge, it looked like a pole at first, and it was, it was big, and I was like, what in the world? You know, if you don't know what you're looking at, why don't you ask? Because it's so amazing what God will do. You know, I said during, uh, during ministry school today, I am like clueless, that's me. And I just ask and ask and ask till, till God tells me. And so this angel, it was, the angel just filled up the entire space here and had this pole. But every time the angel moved, the pole had a light. It wasn't like a barber pole. It had, it's vertical. And it was every color of the rainbow. It was like colors I've never seen. I mean, it, and every time it would move, the colors would flash out over the crowd. And I know in the prophetic, colors mean certain things. And I said, what are you doing, Lord? And Jesus, through the power of his Holy Spirit, is just showing me this whole thing. And he's saying, I'm stirring the waters. You think anyone's going to get in? <laughs> pick me, pick me, I will. So I said, do you want me to interrupt everything? He said, no. Because I was about to run on the stage and go, listen, hey. Because that's how I am. But, and then I was going to line our team up and have you guys run through. <laughs> you guys are like, let's do it right now. I feel like this is what the Lord wants to do first because he's always doing something new and different. You know, I feel like he's saying to me, release my word, watch me heal them. And then you can do that. I said, okay, we'll, we'll do that. So, um, if your right ear has pain, is it your right, left, right? Yeah. So I just believe the Lord's going to heal you while, while we're doing that. Um, you had a right knee. Somebody uh, got right knee pain? Is that you back there? Yeah, love it. Yay, Jesus. Go, Lord. Go, Lord. Um, difficulty swallowing. Something with swallowing, and I think it's with your sleeping. Like maybe you snore, and then you wake up, and you have trouble. Is that you? Okay. So, Lord, I just thank you. Bless you. Bless you, Jesus. Um, sleeplessness. You are wandering around in the night. Wow, look at them all. Wandering around when the rest of the world is sleeping. You're like, la, la, la. I've tried everything. I've prayed. I've done this. I've done that. You know. So I just believe the Lord's going to heal those sleep patterns in Jesus' name right now. Wow, there's like five or six of you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, you got a uh, left shoulder. We got a left shoulder. Anybody got left shoulder? Is that you? Wow, look at that. Two. Two left shoulders. That, three, four. Shut the door. Come on, Jesus. That's so good. Um, Pain in the, in both sides of the neck. So that's your traps, your trapezius up here. Anybody got that? Who's got that? 
All you com- people who type and do other repetitive motion. Okay, Lord, thank you for that. Anything else? Team, team, team? Any? Dizzy. Dizziness? Vertigo? Comes and goes. That's what I just heard. Comes and goes. Yeah? Okay. Numb toes. Who's got the numb toes? Wow, look at that. Don't you love the Lord? What's more fun than this? It's not binge-watching Netflix, I can tell you that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay, team, 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 team. Anybody else? Anybody else? Going once, going twice. Okay, so Father, I just declare that you would send these powerful, mighty angels in this place to bring your glory, to bring your presence, God. And I just saw you dropping things from heaven this morning, dropping gifts on your people, God. Gifts of healing, gifts of upgrades in authority, knowing your authority. Gifts and upgrades in the spirit that these gifts we have been given will be fanned into flame today, God. Today, God. Today, for your glory. For your glory. So, Lord, we just say... Do it, do it, do it in a way you have never done it in this house, Jesus. The way you've never done it in this house, God, because you are a God who knows no limits and no boundaries. Yeah, the blind see and the lame walk and the deaf hear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I speak to every baby in his mother's womb, her mother's womb. And I say to these babies, you're going to be rock stars in the kingdom. And I speak to these babies that you'll be knit together perfectly with all 10 fingers, all 10 toes, smart and incredibly discerning, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Even right now, God, world changers, game changers. So Lord, I thank you for what you're doing and how you knit everybody's hearts together in here. I love this church. I'm going to move in. I'm going to move a bed down here. I think you people need to come down here and sleep. That's the thing. (laughs) Rent's like, don't tell him that. (laughs) So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for increase in every area. Wow. Wow, God, you're so good. You're so good. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. (laughs) Is there a Tim or a Timothy in here or the book of Timothy is like your book? Is that for anybody in here? Tim. Is there a Tim? Are you here, Tim? Uh, You're just going to let me keep going and you're not going to tell me? I just love that. That's some participation, Tim. Tim. (laughs) Tim. He's standing right there and then he goes like this. (laughs) Tim, come up here because you love to be in front of people. Come on, right now. The price is right and you have won. Baby, you have won. I'm going to hug you and kiss you on the cheek. All right, I don't want to embarrass you, so come this way. Okay, and turn around and face everybody. (laughs) Okay, you guys come around here. I want you to put your hands on him. Thank you so much. In fact, my whole team, you can all come up. Thank you. Okay, so Tim, if God's going to tell me this at 6... 13 this morning. I think he pretty much is wild about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to close your eyes and forget that everyone is staring at you right now. (laughs) Because the Lord is so pleased with you. Your heart is beating super fast. Close your eyes. I know. You know, right now. No, no, but you're good in the front. You're good in the front because you're a mighty man of valor. Do you know that? Okay. Close your eyes, Tim. So this is what God calls you. He calls you a, wow, separated one. He calls you consecrated, Tim. He calls you set apart for his glory. He calls you dedicated for the Father's divine purpose. And you have a family line, and I don't think you know this, of ministers and priests. Your family line, way, 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 way back, were all priests and ministers. And he's called you forth. And you know what? Reluctantly at first, but you said, yes, I will come. And you have an affinity towards marginalized people. The Lord tells me that you like to feed the homeless, that you would give them everything if you could. And so we are going to bless this word over your life right now in Jesus name. 
So, Father, I thank you. And I just say no to intimidation right now. Break the power of intimidation and fear off of you in the name of Jesus. And I just release acceptance, acceptance and love and love and love. And, Tim, you have been forgiven every bonehead thing you ever did in the name of Jesus. It's in the past, and the old man is dead. So quit resurrecting the old man. Quit resurrecting the old man, buddy. You're an amazing man of God. You're a pillar of strength. You're a strong tower for the Lord. And the young men in this house are looking at you to bless them, and you don't think you have anything to say. And the Lord says, open your mouth, and I'm going to fill it with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and guidance for the next generation. Because I picked you, Tim, because you said yes to me. So Holy Spirit, come and flood this child of God, this mighty, mighty son of the most high. Flood him right now from head to toe, Holy Spirit, in ways that he's never. Stretch out your hands toward him and pray in the spirit right now. Open his heart, God, to receive, to receive. This is the moment and this is the time. This is the moment and this is the time, says the Lord more. And I bind those thoughts that say, could you just get it over with right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you. Holy spirit. More, more, more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you guys, will you move him right over there? And would you keep, they're going to, they have words for you. So don't, you can't go back yet. No, they're going over there. Okay. Lord, thank you for making us uncomfortable. Jesus. You're great. (laughs) okay I have to ask this because something I practice and you know what we're all wrong when we prophesy right a lot of times Um, you only see in part don't you know that's what the word of God says and so you practice and then if you get it wrong and nobody died right and I said to the ministry school people uh, only thing that dies is your pride and that should have died a long time ago so you're okay just practice but here's something that I practice because I'm in love with dogs anyone anyone dogs are my thing in life. And I'm dogless currently. And my husband says I travel too much and I'm the dog trainer and he's the dog spoiler. So he said, this dog will be a nightmare. We cannot get another dog. So I'm having a negotiation party at my house every night with my husband. Honey, when I'm home and if I'm in another country, honey, did you think about the dog thing again? You know, our neighbors just got a golden doodle. It's pretty stinking cute. I talked to the dog over the fence and I talked to it from our, our little balcony. Hey, Murphy, the dog loves me. My husband goes, oh my gosh, stop it. So I asked the Lord for dogs' names because I just really love dogs and it makes me smile. And sometimes he tells me and sometimes I'm wrong. So this is, I don't know what this is, but I um, saw somebody that had like a Rottweiler, but it had, it looked like, I don't know if it was a Rottweiler. That's what I thought. It went by so fast. So I could be wrong on this because it went by so fast and I pay attention. What was that? Especially because I was asking about dogs. But it looks more like a pit bull, bull terrier, like a charcoal face. Does anybody have a dog that looks like that? You do? What's your dog's name? Bella. So that's not the name I got. But I bless Bella in Jesus' name with a very long life. And you love that dog. Wow. I feel like Bella dances. Like, yeah. So, Lord, I just thank you for a dancing Bella. What a great thing. Um, it's so sweet. Um, does the, does the word Roman mean anything to you? Does that mean anything to you? Okay. So you know what, you guys, you got to do that. If you, I, I always ask for favorite foods too, because that's something else I really think is fun. If God's going to tell you your favorite dish is macaroni and cheese, well, you know, hey, does somebody else have one of those dogs? Is yours, is yours the same kind of dog? And it's a pit bull, like a pit bull mix. So, Lord, we just bless. Uh, you know what? Pit bull's got a bad rap. I won't get on my soapbox about that. But, Lord, <laughs> in Hawaii, where I'm from, pit bulls are the bomb, baby. Everybody has one, and they know they're great family dogs. So I don't know what's wrong with the rest of the world. But pit bulls, we bless your sweet Jordan with health and a long life. Oh, she's in heaven. Oh, maybe that's the whole thing right there. So I bless you. With your loss, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do you know dogs are super important to God? Dog spelled backwards is God. Come on. Don't, don't you think they're important? I'm sorry. Anyway. 
Do you get that? Okay, I know. God created every living thing. All right. Um, so the Lord had me write a book about my testimony. And uh, I am very grateful to him for giving me the tenacity to do it. And um, it just got picked up uh, by HarperCollins. And I didn't want to give it to him because I didn't want to deal with any more anything. Do you know um, when you write a book, it's like giving birth to a baby? And I was done. And when they called me and said they wanted to do it, I was like, nope. Not today. I have a t-shirt that says that too. And uh, they said, but we really, and I know the people, they're amazing and they're such humor, which I can only work with people who have humor. And they're such great people and they're like, please, we really will, we will do right by you, blah, blah, all this stuff. And I said no for about two months. And then I uh, had somebody who's very prophetic in my life, um, who's a mentor to me, turn and say, why did you, why are you doing that? I go, because I'm not going to have another editor make me do anything with this. I can't, I'm, the Lord told me, move on with it. And, uh, and then they came back and they said, we want it as is, except for your typos. I was like, well, amen to that, you know? <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I feel like this is completely and totally the Lord. I never sought to have anything with this book. I just want God to have glory. And I want people who are in crippling pain to have hope and to be healed in Jesus' name. Because I waited almost 15 years. And so many times I had no hope. And so many times I was suicidal. And so many times I thought, this is the way it's going to be forever. And then the Holy Spirit swept in through a man named Richard and healed me when I was not expecting it. And so who has been waiting for healing for a very long time? Did you read it already? Have you read it? Well, there you go. God bless you, sweetheart. Bless you. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. So we have um, some books in the back and some T-shirts and some hats, and here's why we sell things. I don't really dig the whole selling thing. We sell things because we are desperately trying to build an internship program. We are a very fast-growing ministry, but we're a small ministry. We do so much, and God just keeps stretching things for us. And we have all of these young people and people all over the world, every age, they want to learn how to do this, and they want to go, and they don't have money. And so the Lord told us to start selling shirts, hats, things like that, that would help to create a campaign where we can actually invite people in and help them out um, with their finances. So we are in the middle of building an apprenticeship program and then internship. We, we are just so busy, and so we're trying to figure out how to do all that uh, with our core values. Amen. So important. Yeah. Uh, one of our core values is love, hence the name Agape. Freedom Fighters. We, we only do everything out of love. And sometimes when we go to places overseas, crazy, the Lord's amazing. Crazy healings break out, miracles and all that. But that isn't even what the people say. This is what the people say with tears. They said, you guys loved us so much. That's all I care about. You know, because if we can't be loving, don't, don't show up. Stay home that day. You need some loving from the Father. So we are a very close-knit group of people, but every time I go anywhere, it's a different group. And people are coming in, and we're starting to train people up more, and other people who are healing ministers want to come. It is a real honor and a privilege. I, I really, I'm just floored, is what I am, every day. I get up, I don't have pain. Hallelujah! You know? I, I just love God. And I didn't set out to do any of this. People write me all the time from all over the world. How'd you get a ministry like yours? And I say to them, I do not know. I said, yes. And I'm sure I was the 49,000th person that God said, would you like to go? And they said, no, I'm no, I'm a little busy. And I just said, I'll go. Do you know you're qualified? You're qualified. And this is a house of the father's love. So I know I don't need to belabor that point that you're seen and accepted, loved and adored that your value comes from him, not what you do. And so I felt it kind of interesting when I asked the Lord, what do you want me to talk about tonight? And I really thought when this angel was right here, he was going to just change the whole thing. And he said, no, stick to this. And I was like, because normally I don't stick to hardly anything. If you've been around me very long, you know, as Aaron says to me, <laughs> Aaron's an awesome spiritual son. He goes, so what's the plan, Joe? I go, he goes, I mean, what was the plan? Or what is the plan for now? And then when you get up there, it all goes out the window, which is typical. 
So they never really know. They're amazing, just rolling with it, whatever. So I was surprised when he said to stick to this. But here is the thing. Even in a house of grace like this, in a house of love like this, there are sticking points in the area of forgiveness. And I was really shocked when God told me to talk on this because I, I don't talk on this very often. But do you know that when we travel the world, about 90%, 85 to 90% of the people that are stuck, it's some forgiveness thing. It's forgiveness of self, somebody, even something they buried so far down that they don't even know that it's there, or it's a thing and a posture toward God or something they perceive that God has about them. All of that is perception issues. Sometimes it's vows. So I just want to walk through scripture a little bit with that. Is that okay? Yeah. And, and then we're going to do some things about kingdom identity. Do we have a slide for that? Are we good, Susan, with that? How rocking are you guys? Love it. Okay, so we don't need that quite yet. But um, So I said that our, our ministry, is our focus is really receiving the Father's love, living in the overflow of that, and then pouring that out on people, everybody that we meet. And so I believe that when we teach other people to receive Papa's love, and your pastors are unbelievable at that. I, I felt like when, I'm, when I met them, um, I was like, oh, those are my people. Those are my people. I actually met them in an upper room. Go figure. Wow. And um, I don't know how I got in that upper room, actually. I uh, was invited by Chuck McCallum to come down and minister with my team, not this past Jesus Awakening, but the year before that. And uh, then he texted me, and he said, hey, can you come to this upper, this second floor room? And uh, that's where we are before the conference. And I said, okay, I'll go wherever. And I walk in, and there was just a, I don't belong in here, kind of a feeling that I had. Um, Because there was a lot of praying going on, but it wasn't a lot of comfortable prayer. It was uncomfortable prayer. Now, there were a lot of denominational Uh, representations there, and and some people were uncomfortable in there. This is what happens when you're building unity. Can I just say you got to get past the discomfort, and you got to meet everybody where they are? Well, I didn't know any of this. I just walked in and went, oh, I should not be here. I should get out of here. And then one of our teammates from Texas who happened to be there turned around and slapped me on the knee and said, sit down. You need to be here. And I was like, (laughs) you know these these sons and daughters that raise up and just tell you as a mom, sit down. You do what you're supposed to do. And so the other part of our team was standing up against the wall looking at me like, and I just was, I thought, well, I'll just be quiet and I'll sit here. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God came down. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. And I stand up and just start prophesying over this room. And I had no intention of going in there, no intention of sitting in there, no intention of doing any of that. But do you know, if you just say yes to God, he'll just use you like a wrecking ball. And that's exactly what happened in there. And I I looked at everybody, and they're looking at me. I'm like, what the heck is happening here, Lord? I'm as shocked as everybody else. But the Spirit of God came and broke apart all the posturing. Yikes. No judgment. That's what we do when we're afraid. We posture ourselves. Oh, I'm going to get a little away from that person because I'm not feeling it right there. And the Lord just went boom and saturated the entire place with his love and his healing power. Nothing to do with us. We just happened to be in the room. And I was a clueless one. There you go. Be clueless and you'll be used mightily. That's my message. (laughs) Okay, so going on. Uh, So anyway, Brent and Suzanne were in there. And I don't know. This is the beauty of things. I rarely know anyone. Because I have only been doing this. Is it four years? Anybody? Counts. About four years. I don't hardly know anybody. So when I show up somewhere, I don't know who's who anywhere, which is so fabulous. And so I didn't know them, and I didn't know any of the other Bay Area pastors because I'm not from the Bay Area. So going along and blessing, you know, somebody who's a Catholic and a Presbyterian and a Baptist, and they don't have any, many of them grid for this. I don't know that. So how beautiful is that? So when you are afraid because you think, I'm about to cross a boundary here, why don't you say, God, just take away all of my preconceived notions about what that person will experience because of their background, because you don't know. Because if the Spirit of God comes, it throws every paradigm a human being can have out the window. 
Love conquers it all. So that's how I met them. And when I went to pray over them, I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people, which doesn't happen that often. I mean, you know, I was like, I'm falling in love with them. And then I didn't know anything about them. And then this year at Jesus Awakening, when they came and then they spoke, I just wanted to lay on the floor because they walk in Papa's freedom and his love in such a profound way. And there are very few people like you. So bless you for what you're doing, that you're teaching people how loved and valued they are. Amazing. So unforgiveness is not only a barrier to physical and emotional healing, but it's also an open invitation to spiritual oppression. Not every person, not every one of us that holds on to unforgiveness has demonic oppression. But can I tell you, it can be a doorway. So regardless of the reasons why we might not want to forgive a person, forgiveness is the way we are set free from bondage. Mark 11.25 says, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. The enemy tries to convince all of us that we're somehow punishing the person for lack of forgiveness. By remaining in a state of unforgiveness, we're actually placing ourselves in the role of victim and preventing the Lord from working on the heart of that person who hurt us. We are opening the door to the demonic realm to bring unbelievable unrest and even torment to our souls. Um, I talk about my dad frequently in my messages. I really love that he does not have the internet. <laughs> I do tell him about what I say, but he, he's not a computer person, and he's 82. And he got saved, praise the Lord, when he was 80. Thank you, Jesus. Yay. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we're walking it out. My dad uh, was a colonel in the Air Force, and it, he's very serious, and I'm not <laughs> so, uh, he, he, he adores me, uh, but he gets all emotional around me. My sisters look at me and they go, what is the deal with that? He just cries around you. And I think it's God because I'm sarcastic. I'm not exactly like cuddly. Well, dad, what's wrong with your, you know, anyway. So he, he cries a lot. Well, I went to visit him. Um, I try to go, he's in, he's in the Chicago area. I try to go when I'm speaking there and I try to go to his house and spend time with him and stuff. But I want to tell you about this moment where the Lord said to me, you're going to need to teach him about forgiveness. And I, I said, I would rather go <laughs> teach a mass murderer about forgiveness <laughs> because my father uh, doesn't forgive. And the Lord said, no, no, he will. And I, I said, what, Lord? Okay, I can say this in this church. This is what the Lord said to me. Use his language. I go, oh, no. I don't use that kind of language. I don't say those words, God, and I just want to slap my son if he ever has any of them slip out. And the Lord said, no, I, I will show you. So I fix my father breakfast. I am leaving at 10 a.m. It's 7 a.m. I go into his dining room, and here's what I do. I go, okay, God. I have actually said, yes, father, in front of my father, talking to the father, and my father goes, what? <laughs> and I go, oh, no, I, sorry. I don't call my dad father. I call him dad. So I was talking to the Lord, and he says, I want you to say to him, start the conversation like this, put his breakfast down and say, dad, do you think anyone ever intends to be a something whole talk like that and I was so shocked I knew it was God because my father is like it's every other word right he needs healing and the Lord said he will not listen to you if you use Christianese with him he's not going to listen to you because I've already tried that so I said I sit down I'm like I'm so in shock I go hey dad hey dad uh so do you think anyone ever intends to be a whole? And he drops his fork. Of course you would. I'm a minister. And he goes, well, no. I mean, stopped eating. Big deal. 
as he goes. Looks at me like this, just completely like shocked. I'm shocked. And then I hear the Lord say, say, do you ever intend to be a whole? So I say, do you ever intend to be a whole? And he goes, well, no. And I go, well, sometimes you are. And, and then I say, and dad, sometimes I am. And then the Lord goes, boom. So my dad is divorced from his second wife, who he, hold, he held in a vice grip of condemnation and unforgiveness. And he was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Demonic torment. And the Lord said, he, you can pray for him all you want. It just doesn't stay away because he's got this vindictive thing going on with her. So I don't, we don't have any relationship with her at all. They've been divorced at this time for two years. He's holding on to this for two years. Like, rah, you can't mention her name because, whoa, the volcano erupts. So I said, well, you know, her name never intended to be a hole either. <laughs> and he goes, what? What? I go, didn't you just clarify that you never intend to be a hole and I never intended to be a hole? She never intended to be a hole either. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? And then the Lord says to me, tell him what I'm telling you. I don't know anything about this wife's life because there's stuff. And the Lord said to me, say to him what I'm saying right now. And I said, dad, she had no parents. She was raised by a grandmother and they were very impoverished. And she learned to manipulate. She learned to lie. She learned to control because she was always afraid she would never have enough. And so what she did to you, she did because she is like a little child who never had enough and she didn't use you. She did the only thing she knew how to do. She didn't intend to be a whole. And then he just looked at me and tears. He goes, how do you know that stuff? I go, the Lord. And I said, so you can keep on holding her in a choke lock, or you can let her go and let Jesus deal with her. And he forgave his ex-wife in that moment, and he never would have done it if I hadn't listened to the Lord's timing, A, and the Lord's language, B. <laughs> so the motto of the story is, Everyone can learn to forgive if you follow the roadmap of the Holy Spirit. I'm the last person who ever thought I could walk my dad through that. So I just want to encourage you. If you have people in your family that won't forgive, just ask the Lord. Better yet, just say, Lord, I'm open. Here, I'll go. Send me. And then wait, and he will tell you. So Jesus came that we would have life, and we would have life abundant. John 10.10. 10. We actually block the fullness of grace when we choose to harbor resentment and bitterness. Romans 12.21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. How many times do you hear, oh my gosh, the warfare is so bad? Okay, yeah. Overcome the warfare, overcome the evil with the goodness and the love and the mercy and the grace of God because the enemy doesn't stand a chance when you do that. We are raised with Christ, seated with Christ, and we set our hearts on things above. And we live by the power of the Holy Spirit that we would no longer walk in blindness of our own human perspective but instead we will be illuminated, lifted up by his resurrection power that has made us a new creation and the old man is dead. Amen? Yes. Say, my old man is dead. Old dead. I'm not going to resurrect it anymore. Hallelujah. Now let me say this about forgiveness. I know... Everywhere we go, people have suffered intolerable acts of cruelty. I have cried at the altar so many times over the stories. I don't hear anything that shocks me anymore. Forgiving does not mean 
that the Lord is asking you to have a relationship with this person. Because some people are not safe. Forgiveness is first and foremost between you and the Father. It's a vertical thing. You are setting yourself free. He's setting you free. You're posturing yourself in a position in his love light to be free. He will deal with that offender. There's no excusing it. No excusing it. So sometimes we are not even conscious of our levels of unforgiveness. So automatic are the thoughts and justifications in our minds. So firmly held they are. So sometimes people will hold God hostage. And you know when I see that most often with Christians? And it just happened to me. Hey, just happened to me two months ago. It's a child memory that you, I was saying this earlier, children observe well and they interpret poorly. So when a child observes, they are offended, they are brutalized, all of that is within the framework of a child's understanding. And so as they grow up, those things that they held on to from that memory come into their adulthood. And that's when we need the emotional healing of Jesus Christ to reframe our past event, right? And you know that with emotional healing. So obedience to forgive as we've been forgiven is not just a good idea. It's a kingdom mandate according to Matthew 6.14. We're even, get this one, because when I studied this, I was like, oh. We're even to forgive the complaints people have against us. Colossians 3.13. The reward of forgiveness, a lifestyle of forgiveness, is we're walking in this amazing and increasing intimacy with God the Father and an ever-increasing open heart to receive more of that love and that freedom and that peace and that abundance and give it away. Everything was finished. The atonement of Christ. All of it. Finished. So when we hold on to these things, no matter our justification, we are in the way of the fullness of God's affection for us. Yeah? So what does forgiveness do for us? It causes us to be able to truly live a life of repentance. Repentance in the Greek is metanoia, right? What does that mean? It means to change the way you think. Change the way you think immediately, not 20 years from now. Change the way you think about God, yourself, and the circumstances around you. Change it, change it, change it. Philippians 4.8, your meditation has to be on the pure things, noble things, right things, lovely things, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy things. So if the thing is not looking like that, why are you thinking about it? Because you are a kingdom releaser. You are a kingdom priest. You are a co-heir with Christ. And you're seated here and in heavenly places. So why not align your thinking, your thoughts, your, your speech after what is already established in heaven. That is God's justice for the person that hurt you. Do you get it? If you're trying to pin on justice down here, you just hung yourself out. My friend Rodney Hogue teaches this really great thing. If you need a book on forgiveness, you should buy his little book. It's just short but it is the most profound book on forgiveness I've ever read in my life. He says, when you are holding somebody hostage, you're standing between them and God. So if the person that offended me is here and God is here, I'm right in the way. And I want God, come on, God, do something. And God's like, I might do something if you get out of the way. Just leave that right there. All right, so before we get to the rest of forgiveness, would you stand? We are going to declare who we are first. And I know this is a house of identity, so none of this will be new to you. But you get to say it because we're going to affirm it, we're going to believe it, and we're going to agree with it, okay? 
So all together now, here we go. I am a son of God. Are we up? No. Okay. Repeat after me. I am a son of God. I am the light of the world. Sharing in his inheritance. I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. I am united to the Lord and one spirit with him. I am a temple, a dwelling place of God. His Holy Spirit and his life dwell in me. I can choose to forgive because Christ forgave me first. I am righteous and holy. I am God's workmanship, his handiwork, born anew in Christ to do his work. I am an expression of the life of Christ because he is my life. I am a citizen of heaven, seated in heaven right now. I am an enemy of the devil. I am a member of a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I will do greater things in the name of Jesus than even he did because he intercedes for me along with the Holy Spirit so the Father is glorified in and through me. In Christ, I will heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. Freely I have received and freely I will give. All of the days of my life, because I live by the spirit of the living God, I will keep in step with the spirit of the living God, embracing and demonstrating the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. I will rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and constant in prayer. I will love the Lord as long as I live, for he turned his ear toward me. I will call on him as long as I live and receive the fullness of his affection and love for me. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you love those scriptures, we have cards in the back. Maybe some of you need to stand in front of the mirror and say that every single day. Every single day. Wow, Lord, thank you so much. So forgiveness at the top of the list is first and foremost admitting that an offense has been committed. Can some of you breathe a little better now? There is a thing in us. It's called justice. God is a God of justice, and we are a people of justice. So when we see an injustice, we want to take it down. God says, love justice, do mercy, and walk humbly with me. Micah 6, 8, he said that. That's not wrong, to love justice. That's what the Bible says to do. Where we get hung up is when we decide what's justice. And then we get stuck, especially when the offense is against us. Denial looks noble on the outside. Anyone? I might be the only one. While the enemy has a field day with you stuffing your hurt and resentment on the inside. We cannot restore freedom until we admit there is a struggle. You know, don't we do the dial, I'm a good Christian person. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm good. There, there's a certain situation in our city where I had to forgive somebody every day for a whole year because I couldn't stay there. Their fences were so great. I was like, you know what? This is, so, and you know, I could just go on and on. Turn away. Turn away. Repent. Turn away. Am I thinking about holy things about this person? Jesus didn't say, Just pray for your enemies. Pray for them. Love them. Bless them. And bless them when they don't know what they're doing. Especially if they don't know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be offensive to people in fear. 
But you know what? That's exactly what that is. Fear. Most of the time, it isn't even about you. But we personalize it, we take it in, and we say, oh, God, that person, blah, blah. Just stop. Learning to stop is recognizing what Bill Johnson said, that patience is a posture of war and knowing the battles in your head. The battles in your head. Forgiveness removes the power of a painful memory over your life. Forgiveness does not declare what the offenders did is okay. It does not conceal and hide the seriousness of the hurt or the offense. It isn't saying that you aren't owed something. Catherine Marshall wrote a great book called Something More, and she describes forgiveness as releasing another person from our personal judgment. That's what I said. If you're the one who decides, you are now in the way. Taking a person from our personal judgment doesn't mean we agree with what they did. We are handing them over to Jesus because Jesus described forgiveness in Matthew 6.12 as the releasing of a debt. So don't you feel better? There is an owing. There is an owing. He said, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. A debt is something that is owed to you. So forgiveness means you release your offenders from the debt and the punishment you think they deserve. For my father, that was huge. He thought the things he said that she deserved. I was like, whoa, yikes. Because all it does is fuel the enemy and hatred, which is completely opposite of God. When you cancel the debt, the bondage of offense against you is removed. And the attachment to the offender and the offense is removed. There's no more attachment in your mind and in your soul. Romans 12, 19 is something I think that is so understated in church, at least in my own experience. It says, never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay says the Lord. And don't we know that God is a God of justice, yet God is a God of mercy. And where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Yeah. Forgiveness cannot depend upon the actions and choices of your offender. It's up to you. You decide what you're going to do. You know what else forgiveness does? It releases you from your assumptions and your expectations. How many people have been offended because their expectations weren't met? One of the first things I ask somebody who's offended in church is, how did your unspoken expectations come into play? Any, anything? You know, I'm not trying to judge. I'm just saying, how did any of that? Because that is true, isn't it? Especially when we come to a new church and we've got a lot of gifts. And we're like, well, I deserve to be up there. I deserve to be running that. I could do that. Yeah, I deserve to be doing that and that. I said today, that's how come in a church I was in, it had 72 ministries. And there's a lot of orphans in churches. They don't know Father's heart, and so they want to start their own thing because they can't join the thing that's already happening because then they might not get what they think they deserve. Forgiveness, that was so good. Forgiveness does not mean you release your boundaries, people. It does not mean you release your boundaries and open yourself up to further abuse. Boundaries are often necessary. It doesn't mean you now surrender to blind trust. Come on. Trust has to be rebuilt. It doesn't mean you instantly feel better. Ah! You don't, okay? You don't. Total miracle from God if you do. And maybe you do for 10 minutes and it's all... Then you have to decide. Turn away from. Think of the holy things. Meditate on the good things and the right things. So God, I said to, to the group today, and I've said this often, I don't know the ways of God. God is mysterious, right? 
But I do know I asked him a pointed question one time after I heard the most horrible story, which I will spare you, of a little girl, and she's a woman and has three children. Just the most unbelievable thing the Holy Spirit showed me, and I thought, that cannot be real, what you were showing me right now. I cannot even fathom that. And I fell in half sobbing because what I saw. And I went into her ear, and I told her, she, and she fell on the ground sobbing. You couldn't know that. You couldn't know that. You couldn't know that. I go, oh, I saw it. And all I could do was hold her. And she forgave the offender. But when she said, why, why, why did God let that happen to me? Why did God let that happen to me? I said, God, why did, you, why did that happen? And he said to me, I will not violate my children's free will. And when we led her through healing, Jesus was there sobbing in the corner when it happened. So many people assign what happened to them as being God's fault. It's the number one thing I hear everywhere. Well, if God's really real or if God really cared, if God blah, 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 why did he let that happen? I just submit that to you. That is what he said to me. I will not violate my children's free will. That doesn't mean he won't allow some people to be taken out. I mean, God's God. I'm just saying I have seen that heal thousands of wounds of the heart where people cannot understand why and where was God. And when you lead them through emotional healing, Jesus always shows up, always brings healing, and takes them out of that memory and into a wide-open, spacious place. Amen? Amen? Doesn't mean, forgiveness does not mean reconciliation is the next step or is even the primary objective. Does that surprise you? A lot of people think we got to forgive, we got to reconcile. No, you don't. Not if, the for, if this situation is dangerous. This person is untrustworthy. This person has a history. No, forgiveness is this way. So I have heard some people say, well, if you don't reconcile, it's not true forgiveness. That is a lie. Forgiveness is between you and God. And if the reconciliation is part of the plan, then moving forward in obedience in that is a yes. But if there's an unsafe person on the other side, that's a no for now. Doesn't mean they won't ever be healed, saved, delivered, and set free, right? Reconciliation requires both parties to be in agreement, choosing to work through the process. Did you ever have somebody who wanted to reconcile really badly and the other person didn't, and then they went to the person and it went so badly, now they had to go through the forgiveness thing all over again? <laughs> you know, takes two people. And sometimes you just got to wait a while. Sometimes you just got to wait. Um, sometimes reconciliation is impossible because the person has passed on. So I really believe if, if reconciliation was the key to forgiveness, how would it be for all of those people who've passed on and we still have stuff? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah? Um, so if you're feeling led to reconcile, you want to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal all of your motives. You want to ask about the timing. And you want to ask about the person's heart and God's plan for all of that. And reconciliation can be an ongoing work in progress. Maybe it's this much. And maybe it takes a year, and then it's a little bit more. So I want everyone in this room to stand up for just a second. If you have had, listen to me for just a sec. If you have had a significant breakthrough in your life because you forgave, yourself, God, or somebody else, stand up. Wow. Look around. It is so imperative that we do this as a lifestyle. And so I just applaud you. And I know Papa is just smiling at you that you chose. Because it always is a choice. So thank you, Father, for the forgiving that has gone on in these lives. And God, thank you that you will multiply that. That there will be great fruit born. There already is. Many of you are in ministry because you forgave. Many of you are moving in gifts because you forgave. Our whole ministry team is people who forgave. And that's why they're in this. So, Lord, I just bless more forgiveness and let this be a body of believers who lives without offense. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Papa. So you can sit down. You know when Joseph was sold off by his brothers? Remember Joseph? Remember that guy? Book of Genesis? He has all these prophetic dreams, right? Shares them with his brothers and they beat him up, sell him into slavery. Makes you want to go right out and just share that prophetic word with your family, doesn't it? (laughs) He ends up an Egyptian slave. He's put into prison. And then he's placed in the most powerful position in Egypt under Pharaoh. And he meets his brothers again. And his brothers are scared to death of the wrath of Joseph. I just think it's so amazing. He says in Genesis 50, 19 and 20, don't be afraid of me. Wow. I am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, if you know that story, you know it wasn't a cakewalk. Come on, to get into the highest position in the land, it was hell. No bitterness, no resentment. I'm not saying he didn't have that along the way because he's a human being. But when we don't hold offense, we can turn and look at everything from the kingdom perspective. I had to go through all of that, and I'm elevated now. And I don't believe, because I get this question from younger people all the time, well, I guess God intended for me to go through all this stuff. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. He's a good, good father. I believe the enemy is out to seek, kill, and destroy you. And when he trips you up, God turns it around and slams the enemy a good one. That's what I believe happens, because I see it all the time. That's what happened to me. I'm laughing every day now. Ah, look at that. (laughs) You know, when Joseph has God's heart to forgive his brothers, he is free to pursue his destiny. I think so many times we're hung up, we can't get there. Because there's that one or two things that just can't lay it down, can't lay it down, can't get over that thing. Luke 6.38 says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Galatians 6, 7 and 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Reaping and sowing still happening, brothers and sisters. We don't like to talk about that in Grace Camp, (laughs) where we like to dance around. Ooh, did you release the kids? Oh, let me give you a microphone. I just went, wow, look at that. Hey, okay. So offense, I'm going to finish up with this. Offense is a spirit. Spirit of offense. It is the first thing that comes into a team. It causes disruption, disunity, and chaos. And it happens in a split second. Happens in pastoral teams. Happens in worship teams, happens in ministry teams. You must learn to walk in a state of forgiveness so that you become unoffendable. Because you know when the Lord leads you to overcome that last heinous offense, the next one isn't as difficult. Oh, it's just that same lying, stinking spirit again. I recognize that. I'm not going there. Then you have to make up your mind. That's it. Choose. I choose not to go there. I'm not going to do that. Sometimes I hear things about the fact that our ministry does a lot of stuff. And people who don't get the Holy Spirit are offended. But I used to go, get a clue. I mean, seriously, that was me. Get a clue. You don't even know God. Okay, because that's my personality. I'm like, and the Lord goes, is that helping? No, sorry. No, that is not helping you, me, or those people. And so, um, you know, so the Lord showed me they're in fear. 
you are trying to put something out there that offends their very identity in me. Religious identity is an identity. So once you throw Holy Spirit in the middle of that, you've shaken their entire identity. They're freaked out. And so if somebody came to you and goes, listen, man, Holy Spirit's not allowed in this church anymore, and now you're going to like have this thing in a box, you'd be like, I'm so out of here. And you'd be all offended. What do you mean Holy Spirit's not allowed in here? The Holy Spirit is your identity. So just like you would be so offended when someone tells you you can't follow the Holy Spirit and can't do the things Jesus did because that was back then and this is now after all. Don't you get all, you're such a loser. Don't you do that? (laughs) Instead, why don't you go, woo, I see what's going on right here. That's that spirit of offense right there. I'm not going to pick that up at all. I'm going to bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, Lord. And this is what I say. Jesus, sit on top of their chest and shake everything that needs to be shaken until they believe your Holy Spirit exists today. (laughs) My brother used to say to me, stop praying for me. Can you just stop praying for me, please? (laughs) My brother's, my brother was a fighter pilot. Now he's a pilot for United. And he goes, every single person in my cockpit, every co-pilot. Hey, you do, hey do you believe in Jesus? <laughs> just saying. Just can pray. My sister, before she got saved, she wanted to know why her children were invited to Campus Crusade for Christ meetings. She goes, are you praying for them? Mm-hmm. Every single day. Lord, send some strangers up to them to invite them to some meetings. Lord, be specific. Lord. Send enough people in my brother's cockpit until he knows you're talking right to him. Jesus, sit on my son's chest until he stops back-talking me. (laughs) Yeah, that's not working so well, but we're we're working on it. (laughs) Forgive, 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 forgive every day. (laughs) All right. We are going to walk through forgiveness as a group. And I really believe some of you are going to have breakthrough. And then if you want to hang around, we are going to pray for you. And I don't know if anybody will play keys or play something. Can you? Okay. So let's do this. Would you stand up with me if you can stand up? If you don't want to stand up, it doesn't matter. Do what you want to do. I'm just trying to wake you up. That's all. Thank you, sweetheart. I just want you to repeat this after me. Just close your eyes and focus on Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your ever-present help in times of trouble, in times of grief, in times of drought. The Lord told me that doubt is a manifestation of drought. When we are doubting, we have not been in the presence enough because streams of living water flow from the throne room of grace and fill us to overflowing. So let's say this, repeat after me, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, I choose to forgive forgive as I have been forgiven. forgiven. Now I want you to be quiet for a second, and I want you to say in your mind, Jesus, bring everybody to my mind that I still hold an offense to, anybody from my childhood. Anybody from here and now? Thank you, Lord. Might be the person who sat behind you in the third grade. Thank you, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Just pay attention. There might be names. It might be a picture. Might be somebody in your family. Thank you, Lord. And now repeat, I now choose to forgive and say every one of their names. You don't have to say it loud. If it's your spouse, just turn your head the other way. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And say, I release any right that I have retained to bring revenge or judgment against them.
I release them from any debt they owe to me. I release my grip on them and the offense or harm they caused me. I place them into your hands, Jesus, because you are my just judge. I break every curse I have sent to them and call forth a blessing to them instead. Thank you for the grace to forgive and the power to live in freedom. We're going to continue. Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive myself. I know that I have struggled in my humanity, but I believe you when you said I am a new creation in you. You said that you took my sin upon yourself at the cross, and you do not require sacrifice. You told me that you desire mercy and loyalty, not sacrifice. You came not to condemn me, but to set me free and restore me into your lap. <laughs> As your beloved child. Jesus, since you don't condemn me, neither do I condemn myself. Not now and not in the future. I choose to forgive myself of all that I have done, all that I have failed to do, and all that I will fail to do. I accept your righteousness as my own. And I receive the fullness of my inheritance in you. I cut off the right of the demonic to afflict me in the name of Jesus. And I command every weapon of warfare against me. Extinguished and impotent. I choose freedom. I choose joy. And I am open. And I am ready for more of your love. So come, Holy Spirit, and overwhelm me with more of Papa's love. In Jesus' name. Stay right there. Stay right there. The Lord is coming in, more, in greater measure. We just say thank you, Lord. We thank you for cleansing fire right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for cleansing fire. We thank you for the healing of these deep, 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 deep wounds. He's all over here, right here. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Ministry team, agape team, I'm going to have you come up to the front. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I just believe the Lord is saying, i got to top off that. The Lord is just saying, I'm stirring the waters. I'm stirring the waters. You want more? You want more? You want more anointing? You want more healing? In the name of Jesus, we just bless what you're doing right now. We just wait on the Lord. We wait on the Lord. I bless you if you need to go. <clears throat> but there's more if you want to stay. Come on, Holy Spirit. More. More. Just let it come. The glory of the Lord coming. The glory of the Lord coming down this way. More, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. As you are beginning to feel the Lord's presence, I want you to come forward. As you're beginning to feel more of the Lord stirring on your heart. Make your way forward, and our team is going to lay our hands on you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for healing this baby right now in Jesus' name, healing these lungs in the name of Jesus. Just make your way up front so they can bless you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If I can have a couple of guys catch, that'd be amazing. And we will bless the catchers at the end if I can get a couple of people to pray responsibly and catch. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More, more. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.